0: Let me just get right into the Word tonight. Again, I want to say thank you while you're turning your Bibles to First Samuel chapter 30. Remain standing, if you will, for the reading of the Word of God. I've got a lot of Scriptures to read. That don't mean I'm going to preach long. It don't mean I'm going to preach short. The really, only thing it means is I'm going to read a lot of Scriptures. Amen. But I'm going to read a story to you of the Word of God. This afternoon, as I begin to prepare and study and, and seek God on what God would bring tonight, I don't take lightly... The opportunities to stand behind this sacred desk. Amen. You know if you come every service and if a church has Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night and Sunday school, if you come to all the services and state of the altar call is over, you only get seven hours a week of church. Are you still with me? Amen? Amen. Most of us watch more Bonanza than that, Amen. But 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 so you can't waste it, and I don't ever want to stand behind this pulpit, not prepared and not and not have what I think is the is, is the word of God for the hour. You don't you don't want to hear just just words. You're not here for that. That's that's too valuable of time. But this afternoon, God began to share with me some things as I I just stayed there and just walked around the motel room praying. He began to deal with me that there's folks going to be here tonight. That have lost some things that, that you once held dearly. Uh, matter of fact, and I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. Now, I, I'm not a prophetic type preacher. I'm just a preacher, but, but there's someone here tonight that God spoke to me directly and said there's a, there's individuals that have lost their praise. They don't praise me like they used to. Are you still with me? Amen. Now, I'm not here to get on to anybody, but if you don't, if you used to shout and now you don't, why? If you used to dance and now you don't, why? If you used to sing and now you don't, why? Why? He's still the same, y'all. We used to sing an old song back when we sung uh, out the hymn books. We used to sing that old song, it gets sweeter as the days go by. That means our praise ought to be getting better as the days goes by. He spoke to me that there's some folks have lost some things very valuable to you. The title of my message tonight is Pursue. And recover all. I believe God. My God, I felt the Holy Ghost just then. Look with me in the book of 1 Samuel. Most of you have heard this preached before, and I believe that God's going to remind you of something. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Begin reading in verse 1. If you're there, would you say amen? Oh, come on. I know you're there. It's on the screen. If you're there, would you say amen? Everybody's there. Amen. 1 Samuel 30 verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day, that the Amalekites, look at your neighbor and say, Amalekite, had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag, invaded it, smitten it, and burned it with fire. And they had taken the women captives and were therein. They slew not any, either great nor small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city. And behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they could weep no more. They had no more power to weep. Anybody ever wept that hard? Yeah. And David's two wives were taken captives, Anom the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him. When things ain't going right, kill the preacher. That's another message, amen. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his guide. And David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought hither the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered him and said, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Amen. David went, he and the 600 men. The 600, these weren't just regular men, these were men nobody wanted in their church. David's 600 men were people that owned debts they couldn't pay. And, these six hundred men they are you with me, amen? they were vagabonds, they were outcasts, if you will, amen. but David went, and the six hundred men that were with him and came to the brook Bezar, which those were left behind stayed, but David pursued him, and four hundred men for two hundred abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Bezar, and they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread, and he did eat, and they made him drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs, and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him, and he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. And David said unto him, To whom belongest thou? And whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt. I am servant to the Amalekites. And my master left me because three days ago I fell sick. We, notice he said we, We made an invasion upon the south of the Cherethites and upon the coast, which belongs to Judah, which belongs to praise, and upon the south of Caleb, and we burned, we burned Ziglag with fire. And David said to him, Canst thou bring me down to this company? And he said, Swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me to the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company." And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the hand of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. They were shouting because they had stole praise. Did you hear that? Amen. Amen. And David smote them from the twilight even to the evening of the next day, and there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives, and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that had been taken to them. David recovered all, and David took all the flocks and the herds which they drove before the other cattle and said, this is David's spoil. Father, I ask you to speak to us, speak through us tonight. Simply use me, Father. Use me as a hammer to drive a nail with tonight, God, in the wonderful Love, in the name of Jesus, we praise you. Amen, amen, and amen. Before you sit down turn to somebody and look them in the eye and say, you look better than the person I sat by last night. <laughs> amen. The message I'm about to preach to you it's not just one for individuals. It's for the church. And it's not just one for the church. It's for the individuals. I'm scared in the day that we're living in, just in the short time that I've been a preacher. I've been a Christian for 22 years and been a preacher for 21 years. And, and just that little short time, I've seen the church lose some things that we that we, that we got to go back and get. Can somebody say, man? Amen. If you watch Hollywood, if you watch any sitcom or any TV show, and if, this, if somebody's a Christian in the TV show, they always make them look like some geeky, backwards person that nobody else wants to be like. Amen. We, we look at our politics, and, 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 and our politicians boldly can stand up and say they're for same-sex marriage. They're against the Ten Commandments on the wall. And, and it seems like nobody really raises a hand toward them, but now, let let an airplane let some Muslim run into a, a, t- a tower with an airplane and they'll all get out on the front steps and say God please bless America amen but the point I'm trying to say is the church ain't respected like it used to be politicians go after the gay vote politicians go after the abortion vote politicians go after the money vote but they tend to leave the church alone they just don't they don't i, I kmart said this a few years ago when the American Family Association was boycotting Kmart because of Walden Books and they had pornography in it. Kmart, the head of Kmart stood up and said, there's not enough Christians that'll stand up to matter. So we're not going to change our policy concerning these books. Praise God. What did God do? He let Walmart start popping up everywhere. Amen. But the point I'm trying to say, Walt Disney has gay day. Why don't they have Christian day? Are you still with me? Amen. Amen. And we have to work. Oh, they can teach in the Bible that you come from two amoebas in a mud hole. Now, think about that. They're teaching our kids that two amoebas was in a mud puddle. One of them decided one day that I'm going to crawl out and be a monkey. Amen. And crawled up a tree. Amen. And started eating bananas and said, well, you know, I'm going to cut my tail off. I'm going to walk around and run for president or something. Amen. Praise God. The point I'm trying to say, and that was no reflection on any person. Amen. The point I'm trying to say, though, is very simple. That we got to understand that that can be taught into our school system, but you can't talk about creation. You can't say that God looked down from heaven and the earth was void and without form and He spoke and there was light. You can't tell that kind of... No wonder our kids act like animals. Are you still with me? Because we teach them they come from a monkey. God help me when I'm preaching what I'm preaching right now. The church has got to go back and get something that we've let go. But you know who the church is? The church ain't you as an individual. The church ain't a denomination the church ain't are you still with me in the building it ain't this building the church is us individuals that make up the body of christ if you are born again you are part of the church of the living god and you need to know that there's some things been taken from us that we need to give back well glory so we read in the scripture in First Samuel 15, or in First Samuel chapter 30, that David had lost a lot of stuff. Now, now let me, let me back up and do a little legwork here. In First Samuel 15, God had instructed Saul. Remember, a while ago I told you about those Amalekites. It was the Amalekites that came and took all the stuff from David, that took all the stuff from those 600 men, that took their wives and took their children. It was the Amalekites. Well, if you study your Bible, and you look back in 1 Samuel chapter 15, you will find that God gave explicit instructions to a man named Saul. And he said, Saul, I want you to kill all the Amalekites. I want you to kill the women. I want you to kill the men. I want you to kill the children. I want you to kill their dog. I want you to kill their cats. I want you to flush their goldfish down the toilet. I want everything they own to be destroyed. I do not want anything be left from the Amalekites. But Saul, but Saul, like a lot of us. he done part of what God told him to do and he kept part of it back. We know that he kept some of the Amalekites because we see here in in 1 Samuel chapter 30 that it's the Amalekites that came and and gave the people of God trouble. Matter of fact, there's some commentaries you can study behind that teaches that Hitler, Hitler, Adolf Hitler came from the tribe of the Amalekites. If Saul had obeyed God and killed all the Amalekites, the Holocaust would not have not happened. The Jews would not have been killed by the thousands. Because of one man's disobedience, the church suffered right on and right on. Now let me stop and say this. A lot of us folks that are getting a little gray hair, there's a lot of things that we let slide that our children are having to deal with now. But I believe that God wants to raise up a generation. And I believe He wants to start right here, right now. And He wants to say, God, I'm going to defeat the enemy that You want me to defeat so that my youngins won't have to fight the same battles that I fight. There's some things we need to take care of, church of God. There's some things we need to take care of that nobody else is going to take care of. He said, judgment must first begin in the house of God. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land. There's some things this nation's got to get back that the only way they're going to get it back is for the church to rise up and be the church that Jesus Christ died for us to be. Whenever Saul came back into town and he had some of the Amalekites with him and he had some of the sheep and the cattle and, and Samuel, Pastor Samuel, heard the sheep baiting and the cattle, cattle mooing and, and the chickens squawking and, and all this kind of stuff. He went to him and said, Saul, what have you done? And Saul made a little flimsy excuse. Saul said, well, you know, my son's on travel ball and I couldn't come to church last Sunday night. No, that ain't what he said. That's what somebody else told me last week. I don't know. Oh, I'm not so mean. I can't, I'm too mean to be a preacher. Amen. I need to be, I'm being built like a sumo wrestler. I need to start wrestling. I'm kidding. This is what, this is what Saul said. Saul said, well, I just brought these back to sacrifice to God. And then we hear that famous scripture that Pastor Samuel told him, amen. And he said, Samuel said, Is the Lord a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice? In obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the fat of rams." God wants you to obey Him more than He wants you to do anything else. My God have mercy. Because of the disobedience of Saul, God said, my spirit, my anointing has got to come off of Saul. I can't use him no more. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. We act like just because we got it, we always got it, and just because we had it, we still going to have it. Yeah. But God said, Saul, no. I can't. You can't have the same anointing that you've been having. Right. Right. I, I, I don't know why I, I, I feel such a broken spirit right now, but y'all... I want us to get back the anointing that the church used to have. Instead of laying out a church when we're sick, I want us to get the anointing that we come to church because we're sick. Are you still with me? I want us to see that T.L. Lowry anointing get back where people come from everywhere to get healed. Are you still with me? I want to see people that are, that are bound by stuff that, that they ought not to be bound by. I want them to be able to come to an altar and get delivered. Get, get set free. Are you still with me? Amen. There's some things that we've got to get back. But now let's boil it down to some individual stuff here. There's some things personally. When I was, you see, 90% of my preaching, I do. 90% of the preaching I hear, I do. So I can't preach a message without it affecting me. Are you still with me? And so this afternoon, while I was in the in the motel room, walking back into pacing, that's when I do my best praying. God, you got to speak. And God began to deal with me that there's some things that I've lost. I began to say, God, why don't I see miracles like I used to? And God said, Because you don't fast like you used to. You used to fast 52 days a year because you fasted every Tuesday. Now you fast a damn a month. You used to call all night prayer meetings at your church but now you have a weenie roast instead. Is anybody still with me? You used to have old time foot washing so you didn't have people fussing and fighting all the time. But that got we got too uptowny for that. This is the only night I'm here. Y'all got another. Now, I noticed something. Help me here with this. You know, I asked God for discernment. Okay. And I noticed, here I am preaching, and y'all had four people up there on the praise team. But tomorrow night, you got a guy coming. He's got to have all the choirs together to help him. <laughs> I got offended. I said, Lord, why did they get in the choir? And the Lord said... You don't need as much help as Kevin does. I'm kidding. (laughs) Don't tell him I said that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Lord Jesus, I done went in the middle Amen. The point I'm trying to say is God began to deal with me about some things that have been taken away from me. Because I didn't take care of the Amalekites like I'm supposed to. I hate when I preach to me. I hate when I preach to me. I put something in the offering so I could get something out. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? Amen. Because I, I, I need it. I mean, some people act like they come to church and act like they bought a ticket to get here. Can somebody say amen? But I put something in the offering. I'm not the kid that went with his granddaddy. His granddaddy was preaching. And and, and the granddaddy the offering plate passed by. This was years ago. and the And the pastor preacher put a quarter in it. They passed the offering plate all the way around. And when they got through, the offering was a quarter. And on the way home, the granddaddy was complaining to the granddaughter. He said, I can't believe. He said, I put a quarter in there. And all the offering was was a quarter. I can't believe that's all the offering was. And said, the little grandchild spoke up and said, well, Grandpa, sounds like to me if you'd have put more in it, you'd have got more out. The way I'm preaching right now, you may need to get my offering back. Amen. But hear me and hear me close. Here David is. And he's now called to preach. He's now got the anointing upon him. Not called to preach. The anointing that Saul had. But Saul can't stand it. So Saul wants to kill him. You see, that's the problem in the church. If you used to have it and ain't got it, and somebody else gets it, you'll complain about how they got it. Are you still with me? And so he tried to kill David. So David went running and hiding and, and trying to get away from Saul, his pawn law. You think you got family problems? Amen. His pawn all threw a javelin at him at supper time, and and are you still with me? Amen. And and he's just uh, he goes, wow, wow. And so David got run, and he hooked up and joined himself to a king, a king by the name of Achish is the king he joined up with, a Philistine king named Achish. Achish means angry. That's the first mistake David made. He hooked himself up with somebody that was mad. Y'all right now, I wish I was out there listening to somebody else. Amen. Because I ain't preaching real good right now, but it's going somewhere. How many times have you ever hooked yourself up with somebody mad? How many of you know when you hook up with somebody mad directly, you'll be mad? And you won't even know why you're mad. It's like the Hatfields and the McCoys. They got mad over a hog. Are you still with me? Over a pig, and people were killing each other years later and didn't even know why they were fighting. I've seen church problems that was happening just because somebody joined up with somebody mad and they didn't even know why they were mad. I know that don't happen in Atlanta. I'm sure. But he joined himself up with a guy named Akish. Now here he is. He's in a place where the enemy came and took everything he had. Let me back up and do a little bit more legwork. John chapter 10 verse 10 says this, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus says, but I've come to give you something back. I've come to give you life and give it more abundantly. How many of you know there ain't nothing worse than a thief that steal something from you? One night, I'm gonna tell this story, and I got to get back. I'm gonna tell this story because I'm preaching so hard. I got to, I got to kind of sidetrack some thinking here. These people are about to throw something at me, amen, right now. But, but hear me, hear me, hear me. One, I was supposed to uh, announce from my pulpit that I was gonna be gone one Sunday or gonna be gone a week to go uh, to the mountains with my wife, and I had to go up early for a conference in Cleveland. My wife stayed and was gonna come up meet me. We was gonna go on up to the mountains, and while I was at the conference, one of my members or one of the people I was trying to trying to get the over to the Lord. Got in a wreck, DUI, and killed. His, got, got killed. He died. And so I had to come home. And so nobody knew I came home, but my family and that family. And so here I am. And me and my wife are laying in there and in the bed. And it's, it's late at night, and 4:30 in the morning. Somebody's trying to break into my window in my in my bedroom. Well I jumped up I'm from South Georgia, you know. I, I jumped up and I got on my, my pretty good looking boxers, you know, amen <laughs> amen. And I put on my cowboy boots and I grabbed my double barrel shotgun and I, I run out the house with my cowboy boots and my boxers and a double barrel and, and I and I, I seen where somebody had walked across the wet grass when my sprinklers was on and, and, and they'd went back in the woods and so my life had done come out then so now I gotta act like I'm bad. So they, they, I, I, there's some woods. I left a little bumper of woods behind my house, so I'm talking to them woods. I'm talking to them woods bad. I'm telling them, I don't know who you are, but I'm going to shoot you. And I ain't got no bird shot. I got buck shot. And you may think I'm a preacher, but it'll, it'll just say in the headlines tomorrow, you was killed by preachers. all I can tell you. I'll preach your funeral, but right now I'm going to shoot you. That's all it is to Because I thought they was gone. But my wife looked at me and said, we better call the police. I said, well, you ought to call the police, so let's call the police. So the police came around there. And I said, I, they went that way. See tracks? They went that way. And he said, sure enough, and he walked out there with his flashlight, and boom, there was three men laying there with black all kind of ninja garb on and laying there on the ground. And, and he said, get up. Get up. He liked to, to wear his britches. Amen. And the police, get up, get up. And so he brought them around in. And, and I didn't know they were anywhere in the world. And I asked these three guys, I said, why didn't you run? He said, you said you'd shoot us if we moved. <laughs> If I'd have known them three guys was out there, I'd have wet my britches. Amen. <laughs> Headlines in the newspaper the next day. Pastor whole would-be robbers at gunpoint. I said, Lord, that's a lie. Amen. But the point of the matter is, oh, hear me now, because I got a point. The point of the matter is, we've lost some power in our word because we might not conceive that devil. We might not know he's hiding in the bushes. But ever we speak under the authority of Almighty God, he will humble himself down, and he'll be laying there when the the enemy came and took. What David had. The way he does it. How does the enemy come into us? Same way he came into David. The very first thing the enemy does, this is point one if you're keeping up points. The enemy came and took what David had. The first way he does it is he distracts. He distracts. Oh, good God. Mark 14:38. Jesus said, Watch ye and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The Spirit is ready, but the flesh is weak. Jesus is saying, Y'all, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. The Lord began to deal with me tonight and said, One of the problems with my church, if they've got too distracted, they've got too distracted, they're making it more about them instead of about me. Oh, I I, I want to confess a little bit here but I was asking God I was saying God as I was praying today I said God God just help me Lord let me do good tonight just let me preach good tonight and the Holy Spirit stopped me and He said I want you to preach good and I want you to do good but not because of you I want you to do good because I want my kingdom to be blessed you see, a lot of times we start praying for stuff and it becomes distracting to us and, and we go to comparing ourselves to other people. And the Bible said if you compare yourself among yourself, you're not wise. We're going to looking at this one, and we're going to looking at that one, and we go to looking at this and that and the other. And God says, Don't you get distracted. You stay focused. You keep your eyes on the prize. You keep your you keep running. You keep running. Because there's a crown laid up for you. Don't you turn aside. Don't you give up. Don't you trip and stumble. I got you back. Just keep running forward. Keep pushing toward the high mark of the high calling of God. There's somebody out there lost that's waiting on you to come by and let your anointing get upon them. That they may know that Jesus Christ you serve is real. That He is who He says He is. That He'll do what He says He'll do. And He's coming back. And He's not coming back for some distracted bunch of people. He's coming back for the church of the living God that He died and paid His price for. The first thing He does is He distracts. The next thing He does is discourages. Oh my God. Discouragement causes you to lose hope. Look at Proverbs 13 verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire cometh is a tree of life, He causes you to lose discouragement. Causes you to lose hope. He'll distract you. I, that was just going to be a point in the message, but i got to stay there a minute. Not this past assembly, but the one before that. Julian Robinson, they had a video. No, it was two assemblies ago. had a video of a, a room that was wall to wall from the floor to the ceiling of files. And he, and he walked in there with our then general overseer, Dennis McGuire. And he said, these are the files of the minister's that have had their license revoked or have given their license up because they were discouraged. And if the ministry is in that condition, what condition is the laity? We get discouraged and we lose hope. Just because He don't heal me today, we give up. We forget that He don't heal everybody the same way. Are you still with me? Think about it for just a moment. Is there a young teenage guy here? Is there a teenage young guy here? Is there a teenage young guy? Come in and help me just a second, man, if you don't mind. Come in and help me just a second. If you don't mind, just, just lay down there on the floor if you don't mind. He, he don't mind. Praise God. Hey, I like that. I like that. Y'all sitting in chairs. So I can go home and tell my church while I was preaching, they was putting out chairs and falling out on the floor. Amen. <laughs> anyway, man. This guy, hop up on your hip like you're asking me for stuff. Okay, when I walk by, ask me for money. No, stay there. Ask me for money. The, guy, the, the man at the gate called Beautiful. He had laid there all his life. Are you still with me? He had laid there all his life. Somebody told him, out. guess where Jesus went to church at? Jesus went to church where this guy was led most of his life. Jesus stepped over him. We 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 preachers preach. If Jesus was here, he'd have healed him. Jesus was there every day, every Sabbath. Like it amazes to me that people say, "I can be a Christian and not go to church." No, you can't. The word Christ means the word Christian means Christ like. And Jesus went to the temple on the Sabbath, as his custom was. You can't be a Christian and not go to church. You might be a, but you can't be a Christian. You may have part of it right, but you ain't got all of it right. Any? Let's go back. Amen. This guy lay there every day, and Jesus would step over him. Would go into church and pray. He would go into church and heal somebody with a withered hand. And this guy just laying there. Matter of fact, Jesus was crucified and gone. Is anybody still with me? And this guy's still sick. But one day, Peter and John came walking by. We know they were Church of God preachers because they didn't have no money. They'd have been bad to say they gave him a 20. Amen. Praise God. But the guy said, "Give." Peter looked at John and said, I ain't got no money. You got money? John said, I ain't got no money. We just went to that revival down there and that pastor took up everything I had. Amen. I ain't got nothing. What you got? Well, I got Jesus. Well, I do too. And they walk up with this guy that's laid there all this time. Said, we ain't got no money, buddy. And I know the Jesus that we're about to tell you about has walked by you for 33 years. But we got him. And we're going to give him to you today. I know some devil has told you, distracted you, that if he could have healed you, he'd have done healed you. But you're still here. And you're still crippled. But we got him. We got him in a different way than we've ever had him. So silver and gold, we have none. But such as we have, we give unto thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up. And the Bible said the guy started leaping. And he started running. And he started worshiping God in the church house. What if he hadn't come that day? What if he'd have got distracted? What if he'd have got discouraged to the point that he didn't show up? The enemy will distract you. Then he'll discourage you. Then he'll destroy you. Whew. Are you still with me? I shared with y'all last night about, and I don't like to share a whole lot about it because it's still tender, about my boy dying. And, and you know, I'm, God bless me, I've found a lot of favor in my city. I don't want to say this because some people may be mad at me, but they had a big fundraiser for hospice. And had dancing with the stars. And I was one of the stars. <laughs> Somebody said, You 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 worry about them church of God folks coming and singing? I said, No, them that'll be mad won't come. They ain't gonna go to a dance. <laughs> If they're there to see me, I'll turn them out to church. No, I'm kidding. Amen. The point I'm trying to say is I found a lot of favor in my county. So when my boy died, the doctors in town all sent me pills to help me sleep. I took one of them one night. And then the Holy Ghost reminded me. I was distracted with the hurt, discouraged with the pain. And now the enemy was about to destroy me with a pill. And so I went and flushed them things down the toilet and said, no, no. Another friend of mine, a member of my church, lost his child a month later. Daughter's done the same way. Now we're trying to get him off the pills. What am I saying to you? Just because somebody's on drugs don't mean they're bad people. I know we got some folks here tonight, but just because they, you can get on drugs easy. All you got to do is get distracted. All you got to do is get discouraged. And if you get distracted and discouraged, the enemy can destroy you. But I'm here to tell you tonight that, well, let's go on. Let's, let's, let's just preach the message. David was distracted. He almost joined himself up with the enemy of the children of God. He was that distracted. He almost became, he almost joined. Remember Goliath? Remember David killed him? And now he's joined up with Goliath's ten people. Because he was distracted. David was discouraged. He had wept. Until he would weak no more. He had lost it all. He had the men, the men were talking about stoning him. David was distracted, and David was discouraged, but David was not destroyed. Why? Verse 6 tells us. He went and encouraged himself. 1 Samuel 30. He went and encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now wait a minute. He was distracted, but not discouraged. I mean, he was distracted and discouraged, but not destroyed. What kept him from getting destroyed? He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He remembered that there was a God. Oh Lord, I'm about to preach myself silly. He remembered that there was a God that could rebuild what's been torn down. That could replace that what was taken. That could restore the things that were gone. He knew that he was coming to a God that could resurrect that that was dead. That, oh, are you listening to what I'm saying? Could recover some sight to the blood. He knew that he wasn't bowing down to some Buddha doll. He wasn't bowing down to some idol, he was bowing down to the living God that gave him strength to kill a bear, that gave him strength to kill a lion, that gave him strength to kill Goliath. He knew, he knew when he bowed down that he wasn't bowing down to some do-nothing busy God that couldn't hear him when he prayed, and he encouraged himself in the Lord. if the enemy has taken something from you, Encourage yourself in the Lord. I'm going to use a scripture I used last night. Jude verse 20. Only one chapter in Jude. But she beloved, build yourself up praying in the Holy Ghost. Encouraging yourself in the Lord. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. David had lost everything. The enemy had come in. But as David encouraged himself in the Lord, he received a word from the Lord. The Lord said, pursue and recover all. (sighs) Whenever we get to the place where we don't, to get back what you lose, you need to listen to what the Lord says. Listen to what He said in Job twenty I've esteemed the words of His mouth more than my necessary food. Look what He said in Psalms 107, verse 20. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Now let me just preach to you for just a minute. Not everybody that comes and says the Lord says was sent by Him. And let me talk to you, Church of God, for just a moment. Back in the Bible days, if you said something God said and God didn't say it, they killed you. They took brick bats and threw them at your head till your brains oozed out your ears. Or you still—they stoned you to death, is what they done. But we act like it's just a like thing. Well, God told me to tell you. As a pastor, I don't know if it's—we may have them all in South Georgia, but as a pastor, some of the. I told somebody, I, said, I was asked the other night, I was at a, out and they, they had brownies. And they, one of them said, Pastor, you want a brownie? I said, is it a Pentecostal brownie? They said, what's a Pentecostal brownie? I said, does it have nuts in it? Some of the wackiest people I know will come to the church of God. Are you with me? and say some of the stupidest stuff. I had a woman the other day come down to the altar, and a man was praying and seeking God on his business. I knew what he was down there for, but she was more spiritual than me, so she pushed me out of the way and threw her, her arm around him and said, God's going to send you a wife, brother. The man been married 20 years. I said, man, you need to sit down. He don't need nothing. He's got one. A word from God. When you say you got a word from God, somebody's life may be dependent on that word. They might be so hungry to hear from God that they'll listen to some garbage that you you just feel like saying. Are you still with me? Not everything people say comes from God. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Whenever my boy died, and I don't know why I'm talking about Travis so much, people come with all kinds of words to me. One lady came up to me and said, You know, God won't put more on you. The Bible says God won't put more on you than you can stand. I said, that's a lie. The Bible don't say that. It ain't nowhere in the book where God won't put more on me than I can stand. Matter of fact, He always puts more on me than I can stand. That's the reason I have to get to my knees. God won't put more on you than you can stand. He said, you can't do nothing without Him. He'll always put more on you than you can stand. But they take that scripture that God won't let you be tempted more than you're able to be and they make it say that. One lady come up to me, and, and God help me for what I'm about to say, because I don't want to make nobody mad. One lady come up to me, and I've heard all that stuff about God needed another voice in the choir, and God took you boy, and all this stuff. It's a wonder people don't, don't stay mad at God. One lady come up to me and says, Oh, God, God needed another rose in His garden. I looked at her, and I said, Well, maybe He'll need a sack of manure tomorrow, and you'll die. My boy ain't no rose. My boy ain't no angel singing in the choir. My boy was a son of the living God created in the image of God. His big brother was Jesus Christ. He's not some angel in a choir or some rose in a garden. To be absent from this body means you're present with the Lord. And if you're present with the Lord, that means you're around the throne of God, standing in His right hand. But it also means He's where praise is because Jesus inhabits praise and if He's with Jesus, then my boy's spirit is here too. So what am I saying to you? Don't listen to everybody when they come to you and say, God said You make sure the Word backs it up. I don't want to make nobody mad here. And the pastor ain't told me nothing. So if I'm stepping on your toes, it's God. And if I'm just out of the picture here, just ignore what I'm saying. But I hear people coming around saying, I've got a rhema word. Let me tell you something about the rhema word. The rhema word will always be supported by the written word. If it's not, don't listen to it. Because He said if you add something to this book, I'm going to add to you the plagues that are written in this book. And if you take away from this book, I'm going to take your name out of the Lamb's book of life. Don't you say God said it if God didn't say it. And if you're wondering if God said it, see if it backs up with the written Word of the Almighty God. Wow. Pursue. And recover all. That's the word God wants me to give to some people tonight. Pursue. Pursue. That ain't just a rhema word. That's a written word. Pursue and recover all. Now let's look at that word. If you've lost your joy. If you've lost your peace. If you've lost your happiness. If you've lost your hope. If you've lost your power. If you've lost your compassion. If you've lost your love for Jesus. If you quit loving your wife. I got to drive four and a half hours tonight, so I got the longest drive probably. Okay, let's just preach then. As a pastor, this is something I get tired of hearing. And I don't know nobody here. That's what makes it so fun to preach at places you don't know. If I said this at home, there'd be 25 people mad. You got to be careful what you do when you know everybody. My wife, she's had this little thing in in our early ministry. She. And if I was struggling or whatever, on the platform about to get ready to preach, she does her hand like that, I love you, and and lets me know, she'll sit back here and say, I love you. Well, one day I was up there, the place was packed, and she said, I love you. And I went, I love you, and winked at her. Three women winked back, and two men shook their fist at me. You got to be careful what you do from up here, amen. Praise God. that no men wink back. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> pastor probably hears this because I do. And pastors all we fight the same battles. Well, I, I just fell out of love. You fell out of love? What was you doing? Just walking down the sidewalk and trip? <laughs> I fell out of love. Well, I love him, but I'm not in love. Did you know that love is not an emotion? Love is a choice. That's the reason. If it was just something you couldn't help, I can't help it. I love her. I can't help it. I love him. You can help it. You can help it. Are you with me? You can help it. You can go to the Word. Are you still with me? You can help it. He said you ain't supposed to love her. She's somebody else's husband. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> if she's somebody else's wife, you ain't supposed to love her. Right. Now, how do you say, Brother Marks, you can't talk. I know what I feel. Let me tell you something. If, if it was just a feeling you couldn't help, uh-huh. Jesus wouldn't have said, Husband, love your wives. Amen. He wouldn't have given you no choice about it. Are you still with me? teenagers coming in pregnant we had an accident I told one other day to come pastor we had an accident I said really I said I've been married 30 years every time me and my wife done that it was on purpose praise God <laughs> I mean what was you doing right down the road hit a bump boom you're pregnant that's an accident I got to get back up here, amen. (laughs) I got to get back up here. (laughs) My God, I was meddling big time then. Back the tape up, Rachel. (laughs) Rachel's back there waving at me right now. (laughs) (laughs) The point I'm trying to say is, if you've lost that relationship with your husband. If you've lost that relationship with your wife, I like what one old feller said. He said he was riding down the road. Him and his wife always went on a Sunday afternoon drive. Him driving down the road, and, and she'd always sit up next to him. Over the years, she was over there sitting by the window. And they were driving down the road, and one day his wife said, "You, you, we used to sit side by side when we went on these Sunday drives." And said the old man looked down and said, "I hadn't moved." If you ain't as close to God as you used to be, he ain't moved. He's still in the same spot. And if you've lost some relationship with your husband or your wife or your family or your church or your pastor, God says you're going to have to do something about it. You ain't just going to fall back in love. You've got to pursue and recover all. Wow. Now let's look at this word for just a moment. Pursue. The word pursue means to follow with a view to overtake. God said pursue to follow with a view to overtake. The enemy wants you to think you're weak. The enemy wants you to think you can't do it. The enemy wants you to think it's over. The enemy wants you to think you might as well die. The enemy wants you to think you might as well drink another drink or take another pill or do another line. The enemy wants you to think that you're just no good, that you've got to settle for less than what God's got planned for you. But the Bible says in Romans eight thirty-seven, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. In First John 5, who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God do you believe he's the son of the living God do you believe he's the son of the living God if you believe it then pursue and recover all now pursuing pursuing ain't always easy Y'all don't mind helping me, do you? Staff, I had breakfast with them this morning. One, two, three, four, five. Come here. Can you help me again? Planted brother. David had 600 men. He had 600 men. Where's my devil at? Come Come over here, devil. Come over here. What you laughing at? I need you too. Come here. Amen. Come here, sister. Will you mind? Uh-oh. She just cussed me out in sign language. <laughs> you mind helping me right here? The devil, the enemy, he had taken the wives and the children and all the belongings, all the belongings. Whoa, that's got a hole in it. And all the belongings. The enemy had took it. And David, y'all back up that way as far as you can go. I'm going to are building another church. Let's back up here, back up against the wall. David had 600 men, so he actually had 601, because he had 600 plus him, and they got them together. They were all going to kill him until David got a word from God, and he says, "Y'all, God stole me, to let's pursue and recover all. So let's go." So they start going, pursuing. They pursue and they're seeing the tracks. Uh-oh, it ain't, it's hard. Pursuing ain't as easy as we think it is because a third, two of them, back up against the wall, a third of his army stopped at the creek. The creek called Bizor. The word Bezor means a wadi. A wadi means a reservoir that is full in rainy season but dry at other times. A lot of people were run down to a church that's wet today, but it's just a waddy. But the 400 stayed with him. We're pursuing. We're pursuing. We're pursuing. While they're pursuing, where's my teenage guy at? Where's he at? Come on down here, man. Lay down in the floor again. My God. While they're pursuing. While they're pursuing. They come across an Egyptian servant to the Amalekite. He helped burn down the house. He helped load up the women and the children and the stuff. But they stopped and they gave him some fig cakes and some raisins. Are you still with me? Must have been chocolate-covered raisins. Amen. And made him drink some water. And then they said... I like you. He's got to go on the road with me. Amen. <laughs> Here. Now, who are you? I'm an Amalekite. I'm an Egyptian. I'm servant to the Amalekite. I'm servant to the one that burnt your house down. We went and took Judah. We went and took your praise. We're the reason you cried till you couldn't cry no more. We're the one. We're the one that sold you young and dope. We're the one that took your daughter's virginity. We're the one that the enemy used to take what you got. Now, most of us South Georgia rednecks would have said, I'm glad you told me. Boom! <laughs> but that ain't what David done. David fed him, got him up, and looked at him and says, Can you show me where they at? The enemy had used him up. I like this guy. But but you're distracting the people. The enemy had used him up and thrown him down. But the church came along and picked him up and said, Can you help me find them? And he said, If you'll let me live if you'll let me live. Well, guess what? The church came to give you life and you might have it more abundantly. So listen to me, Mr. Mr. Drug Dealer. Listen to me, Mr. Drug Addict. Listen to me, Mr. Gay Activist. Listen to me, all the sinners in the world. When the devil gets through using you, he'll throw you down because you ain't my enemy. I hate sin, but I love sinners. Jesus died for sin for sinners because He loved you. So get up. Now you can be on my side. Now we got 402. Now you can show me. I don't know where they went. I don't know where they at. I don't know how to tell somebody how to get off of drugs. I don't know how to tell somebody some of the things you can tell them. But I need you on my side. I need you on my side. You've been on the enemy side too long. Now you're on my side. So show me. Show me how to get my daughter back. Show me how to get my son back. Show me. Show me. Show me. Show me. Show me! Show me! Show me! And he showed him. He showed him. He's now the leader. He didn't go through the MIP, the CAM, the LOU and all that. He just got up and became a part of the church and said, give me life and I'll show you how to get it back. Y'all ain't getting it. So he showed him. He showed him and David went with the four hundred. And he smote the enemy. Run enemy. He smote the enemy. Whipped the enemy. Then he took the wives. And he wait a minute, give me my stuff. Where'd he go? He got the stuff. Anyway, get back over here. You got to (laughs) go. Not only did he get back the stuff they stole from us, he got some more stuff. Pick it up right there. Can you pick that up? That ain't some sacred cow we can't move, is it? (laughs) Got some more stuff. So now, we're coming back. Where's my two guys at by the creek? (laughs) We're coming back. Now we got all this stuff. Stop. Don't come to me. You wouldn't come to me. No. He'll make a good youth pastor one day. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But watch this. On the way back, one of the 400 said, Now let's don't give them no stuff. We'll give them their wife, but that's it. Because nobody wants her. But we're going to keep the stuff for us. And David said, let me tell you something. Just because they got a little weaker than we are, don't mean they ain't going to get the same blessing we got when we get to them. We're going to say, here, here's your stuff. Matter of fact, here's some stuff that you didn't even know you... Let me just give you some more stuff. Here, let me give you some stuff out of stuff that wasn't even your stuff. Let me just give you some stuff. Now, let's all go together. And they all went back. And then when they when they got back... Oh, I hope you hear this. When they got back, they had enough stuff not only replace their stuff, but the first thing he done was he went down and he gave Judah a bunch of stuff. In other words, he said, let's first get praise back. It's stuff. When praise gets his stuff back, then everything else will fall into place. And if you read, y'all can be seated. Thank y'all for helping me. If you read 21 through 31 of that chapter, you'll find they started giving things to people from the south and from the north and just started giving all kind of stuff away because they had, oh, pursue. To pursue, you got to have compassion. Then recover all. Recover means to get back, to revive, to regain a former condition. (laughs) He recovered all, verse 19 says. And David, last part of verse 19, David recovered all. When you recover all... When you recover a blessing, you gain a greater blessing, and you become a blessing. If you're not, if you do not pursue and recover all, there will always be a void in your life that used to hold that thing that meant dear to you. Are you still with me? Jesus Christ, let me show you this in Colossians 1.19. It pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. A lot of our church folks, a lot of our church folks are walking around with a void that they're trying to fill with something that was taken from them. Are you still with me? And that void can never be filled with anything else except my grandson was one year old when my boy died. And he's growing up to be just like my boy. A lady met well the other day. She come to me and said, God replaced Travis with Bray Bray, didn't he? And I thought, no. No, he can't ever. I'm glad he gave me Bray Bray. That's my grandson's name. And Bray Bray's good. Man, he's the smartest youngin' I've ever seen Brilliant. Really. I mean, really. Brilliant. But he can't take Travis's place. Because if I read the book of Job right, and I'm just throwing this out to somebody, whenever God replaced everything that Job lost, remember that story? Remember he doubled his sheep? I was praying the prayer of Job one day. I said, God, we've lost some things. I said, God, double my sheep. God doubled my camels. Bible said he doubled his asses. I said, no, God cut them in half. Amen. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't need that many of them. Anyhow, he doubled his asses. He doubled his camels. He doubled his sheep. But when he got down to his children, he had ten children. And God only gave him ten. And I got to searching and I said, God, why didn't you double his children? And God said, I did. I had ten with me. And I gave him ten more. So... I had to resolve in the fact that I still got my boy. I just can't touch him. But now hear this. If you go to try to fill in a void with something that the enemy has taken, you'll fill it with something that imitates what God can only duplicate. So I'm asking you tonight. I know. I ain't got to ask you. These people here tonight, you've lost some things. What is that thing you used to hold dear that you've lost? I ain't talking about tangible stuff. If you lost everything tangible, my daddy always said, son, you're born naked and you're going to leave with half a suit. Everything you got in between is a luxury. <laughs> Are you still with me? Amen. My daddy taught me a lot of stuff. My daddy told me, the other, he told me, he says, son, I ain't never seen but one ugly woman and she looked pretty good. Praise God. Amen. I learned a lot from my daddy. But hear me. What's that got to do with the message? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I'm talking about things you lost that only God can replace. Are you still with me? Have you lost some things? Now, I don't know who I'm talking to, and I might be talking to a bunch. I, all I know is what I've seen in, in three services, because I preach. I, I don't know. The church might be lost some of their praise. I don't know. I don't know. Because you look good to me. But you can look good to me and still be lost your praise. Are you still with me? You might be looking. I know us as a denomination. We How many of y'all ever go to camp meeting? Remember when you used to go to camp meeting? We used to have a little old man at camp meeting to get out and dance and wave his handkerchief. and Whoopee! Now we all sit there like a bunch of Episcopalians. Are you still with me? Have we lost our praise? Have we lost our shout? I like all the music. I like all the music. I love all the music. But we've let go of some music that we need to keep. I don't know what y'all sing here. Y'all sing all of it, but we need to. We need them, them sinners. that's just coming in our house. They need to. They need to hear. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. Then a little light from heaven, it filled my soul. It bathed my heart in love. And he wrote my name above. And just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. My God. We need to keep some of that. I got on my choir leader the other day. I said, You've got to quit singing them seven eleven songs. She said, What are you talking about? I said, They got seven words and you sing it eleven times. I like them. But we need some testimony songs too. Remember this one? Jesus made the difference. Jesus made the difference. Jesus made the difference in my life. Cleansed my heart. Made me whole. Gave me joy down in my soul. Jesus made... Folks don't understand why I'm so happy. Why I have such joy down deep within. Y'all never got to North Georgia. I probably never got to North Georgia. What am I saying to you? What have we lost? The devil wants to take your testimony. Are the people that work around you, are they still convicted when they tell dirty jokes? If they ain't, then you've lost something. You guys that work construction, when they pull their old penthouse out under the bench, you start looking at it, do they put it up when you walk in? Like they used to when you first got saved. If they don't, you lost something. Are you still with me? Does the waitress where you eat? Does she know where you go to church at? If she don't, you lost something. Because when you first got saved, you couldn't help but tell her. Somebody else will tell her something. The huddle house is the place you have to eat in Jessup if you eat after 9 o'clock. So we go down there a lot and... I went down there, and I had, hadn't been down there in a while, and we went down there, and they had a new waitress. And I always, all the waitresses, I'm their pastor, because they can't go to church on Sunday, and I give them all my cards, so I'm your pastor, because I know you don't got a pastor, because you work on Sunday. So I'm your pastor. So new waitress, and she's waiting on us, and, and I began to talk to her. I said, after she talked to me a little bit, I found out she wasn't a Christian, and yeah, it was some of the things she was saying that, wasn't, you know, that she was telling me and my wife sitting there that I knew she wasn't living where she ought to be. And so I finally got to the point where I said, Do you go to church? No, I don't go to church. Used to, but don't anymore. I said, Well, i like to. Now, I planted Unity Church of God. I understand that. We planted that church. I'm the only pastor i ever had. So I said, Well, I don't want to invite you to the church that I go to. What church do you go to? I go to Unity Church of God. Oh, no, I'd never go to that church. Why not? The pastor down there is mean, talks about money all the time. I said, well, I'm the new pastor. I didn't lie. I'm the only one. I'm the newest one we got. I'm the new pastor. And this is what she said. She said, I'll come hear you. She said, because when you was walking across the parking lot, all the girls in here said, I hope he sits in my section because he's the nicest man in the county and tip's bigger than anybody else. Yeah. She said, so I'll come hear you. Guess what? She did. Hallelujah. And she come, start coming to her church. Why? Because somebody else done told her something wrong. Are you listening to me? The devil's going to tell them something. And Why am I telling that? Listen. Have you quit telling people about Jesus? Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more about Jesus. Oh, God have mercy. Have you lost something? Have you lost something? Do you still embarrass your Baptist kinfolks when they come visit at homecoming? Let me show you how easy it is to get you praying. I'm meddling here, but I'm almost through. How easy it is for the devil to steal your praise. We built the first sanctuary. And God's given me a lot of favor. The governor called me the other day and said, I want to come to church with you. Governor Purdue, not the one we got now. I want to come to church with you Wednesday night. I said, oh, what you want to speak on, Gov? He said, nothing. I want to come hear you. Whoa. So I got some favor. So we had this new sanctuary getting ready to dedicate it. I invited all the senators, the representatives, the governor. All of them did. I invited George Bush. He was busy. He couldn't come. Yeah. But I invited him. And I had all these dignitaries sitting on the front row. And we're dedicating this church. And, I, and I'm thinking, I got a man named Chip in my church. Black brother. Got a bald head. About the same age as me. He had flea in his legs from his knees down. I might have told this story last time I was here. He had fleabitis from his knees down. And the doctors come in and said, We're going to have to save your life. We're going to have to cut your legs off. And Chip lay there. While well, they're going to do the surgery the next morning, Chip lay there and says, God, I can't I can't sing. I can't preach. But if you'll let me keep my legs, God, I'll dance. Yeah. Yeah. So now, God healed him. Guess what? Chip, he'll come in church. He's always late. But he comes in church. And when the praise gets to going on, he'll, you'll hear him. He'll say, yeah. Then, yeah. Then it'll get louder. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, he jumps out the pew and he gets the aisle. Now, I ain't talking about he does some leotard twittering dance. I'm talking about he dances till I mean, he just sweat, be running off that bald head, and he's just going at it. Well, here I am on dedication day. And I got all these dignitaries. And I asked God, I said, God, whatever number you had picked for us to have today, minus one. Let Chip be visiting his uncle today. Sure enough, church started, no Chip. Glory be to God. I had the whole program. The program was laid out because this is dedication day. There ain't no place for God to move in this program. My God, them dignitaries are Baptists and Presbyterians. We don't want to scare them. So the music minister's singing. Chip's extra late that day, but I see him come in. But I know, I said, no problem. I know the song they're going to sing. It's one of them slow songs. Nobody could worship to that song. (laughs) So she sung it. And to my amazement, the Holy Ghost moved a little bit. I went, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. And I heard Chip. Yeah. I said, Oh, God. But I knew the song was about over. You know, so it's done. It's going to be okay. I'm going to preach this message I got laid out here. I'm going to impress some people today. And then my music minister done something that I can't stand. This. Those of y'all who don't know music, that means singing again. If I would had a BB gun, I'd have shot her in the hand. She held up her hand. Sing it again. Now, yeah. Yeah. And to a song you really ain't supposed to worship to, here comes Chip. Down the center eye. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I ain't through yet. He goes across the front. Back across the front. He sees the mare. Mayor messed up. Mayor made eye contact with him. Chip grabs the mare by the hand. Throws his arm around him and dancing. The mayor had to dance. He didn't have no choice. He went on now. I said, well, I might as well let the hair go with the hide. I just preached Pentecostal style after that was over. The mayor, the mayor come to me after church with tears in his eyes. And he said, Brother Moxley, he said, it was just like any other church when I came here. But when that guy started dancing, I felt something I ain't never felt. Give me a $1,000 and said, I want to be a part of this. Don't you let the devil take your praise. Don't you let the devil. Somebody needs to give him a shout right now. Somebody needs to give him a praise right now. Don't you let the devil take your dance. Don't you let the devil take your praise. If you used to praise him, praise him like you used to. Pursue. Pursue. Stand with me to your feet. Stand with me to your feet. Hear me now. These people here tonight, the enemy done took something from you. We used to sing a song. Y'all probably still do. I went to the enemies and I... Took back, stole from me. I said, I, I took back what he stole. I said, I took back what he stole. From me. You see, I went to the enemy's camp and I took t- back what he stole from me. Well, he's under, he's, under he's, <presitting> under he's under my feet. 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 Satan is under my feet. Hear me. These people here got children. The enemy done came in your house and took them. Do you hear me? Some of you get relationships. I could name a million things and hit hit Somebody. But hear me close. You know what you've lost. You know what the enemies took from you. And my word to you from God today, and I could back it up with the written word, is this. Pursue and recover all. Father, Father, in the name of Jesus. God, there's some things we're going to get back tonight. There's some backsliders going to get their joy and salvation back tonight. There's some people God going to get their praise back, their peace back, their joy back. (sighs) Hear me. The Holy Ghost just spoke to me. The reason David could pursue and recover all because what he was going after was important to him. That's the reason he wept and he couldn't weep no more. If you don't want it back, you ain't going to get it back. Amen. Father, I believe there's people here tonight that's lost something. The enemy came in and it's almost like Ziglag was invaded, smitten, and burned. looked like there was no hope. God, we even got distracted with it. We've been discouraged because of it. But we're not going to be defeated, God. Somebody here tonight, God's got a word just in time. And that word is to pursue and recover all.